Welcome back on this Tuesday. I'm going to start off. I know I didn't have any audio clip here in the beginning, but I'm going to start off. Uh, life's been a little chaotic for me yeah, because of moving. And I guess you don't realize how much stuff you accumulate <laughs> over time. And it gets to be a lot. And then it gets to be a lot of junk. Stuff that's like, I haven't even seen this for 16 years. I don't even know what this is anymore. Uh, but during that time, you know, you, it's, it's a lot of work. You're mentally and physically wore down. I normally, where I'm going with this, is I normally, years ago, um, I stopped I stopped buying coffee out because of how expensive it was years ago. We do coffee at the house all the time. Uh, one of the main reasons I even looked into how expensive it was was I used to listen to a guy named Dave Ramsey, and uh, yeah, he had said something to me one time, and it's just weird things, how they hit you sometimes. Uh, but he said to me, if you want to know where you know, almost your entire mortgage payments at, check your local brewer. And, uh, you know, I, I laughed it off at first. And then I started doing some calculations and I'm like, holy crap, this guy's right. <laughs> I mean, you look you look what you spend it when you're getting coffee every morning because it's never as simple as just coffee. You stop and get a coffee and then you're going to buy a little sandwich with it or you're going to buy a donut with it, you're going to buy something with it. You know, it's never just as simple as a coffee. And then depending on where you buy coffee, you know, the price is going to fluctuate. But anyways... You spend a lot of money at the coffee house. So uh, I stopped going. Well, since I'm moving, I, you know, I, I'm not a, I don't go out for coffee at all anymore. We do everything at home. Um, I decided, you know, let me go through Starbucks and order a coffee. You know, I'm very, very specific with how I drink an iced coffee. In the mornings, I'm a black coffee drinker, hot black, that's it. No cream, no sugar, nothing. It's hard to screw that up. I don't care what what coffee place you go to, it's hard to screw it up. But nowadays, you know, pe- the people that are hired aren't the best people in the world, and uh, they tend to screw everything up. <laughs> so, I mean, you ask for regular coffee, you might get decaf. Maybe that's the way they screw it up if it's black. But somehow, they, they find a way. So anyways, I go to there, and if I'm drinking iced coffee, I'm very particular about how I drink it. So, uh, you know, I told him, hey, uh, large iced coffee, uh, heavy cream, and X amount of sugars in there. He gave me the coffee, and my wife is with me, and she goes, hey, can I get one of those pumpkin muffins with the cream cheese in it? And so, I, you know, we throw that in the order. That's $10 for a coffee and a muffin. Okay, so it's not about the money. That's not where I'm even going with this. Although $10 is kind of stupid for a coffee and a muffin, but. God, when I was a kid, I, I I remember there was a bagel place. I'm getting way sidetracked here, but there was a bagel place that I used to go to that for uh, uh, $3, you get one egg, a piece of toast, and a black coffee. And I was like, hey, perfect. Get your egg over medium, throw it on the toast, eat your, eat your egg, your toast, bam, bam, slam your coffee down, three bucks, you're out the door. Perfect. All right. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so I ordered a coffee, get to the window, they hand me the coffee, hand me that. And I, I look at it, coffee's dark. Yeah, and, and again, I'm very particular. If I'm drinking it iced, it's gotta be kind of like a coffee milkshake. Let's put it that way for me anyways. So I drive off and I was like, why don't you go, why don't you just walk in there and have them fix it? I said, I, I said, it said on the screen, extra heavy cream. Okay. I'm like, if these people can't follow those simple directions, they made one coffee. It's middle of the night, middle middle of the evening. It ain't busy. You can't make one coffee the right way with it on the screen, 
and me giving specific directions on please how to make the coffee, I'm like, I'm not going back in there and going to sit there and go, can you pour some of this out? And could you, no, I'm the kind of guy I'll throw, I'll throw it right in the trash. That's just, sorry. I know it's wasteful. That's just the kind of person I am. You're not going to do it right. No, what the hell do I want to drink it for? (laughs) And, and it just reinforced why I don't do this anymore. Because see what I was doing before was I was going to Dunkin' Donuts all the time and they weren't making my coffee right. And, uh, I'd have to go home and either add some sugar or some cream to it, whether it was my wife's or my daughter's or whatever. So I'm like, I'm paying for the coffee, but then I'm paying for the products to make the coffee to have at the house because I already know you're going to screw the coffee up and then I got to go back home and fix it anyways. So it's like I'm double paying. So when you start adding in all the money for me buying creamer and sugar at the house to be fixing everybody's coffee up, plus all the money you spent at the coffee, it was stupid. So we stopped doing it. When you make it here at the house, you know exactly what you want. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You're out the door. You're, you got your coffee. You're happy. You're going. I got to tell you, America, we hire some dumb people. These places, these fast food places and everything, no wonder they go down while they suck as much as they do. Because the people that work in there are lazy, don't care, and don't even take the time to give you that service anymore. You know, we, we have lost that somewhere in this country. There's no pride anymore in anything that you do. You know, people used to have pride. I, I got to be honest with you. People, people depending on, you know, I mean, I can't say every institution, but even a place like a Dunkin' Donuts. You know, the owner of the Dunkin' Donuts, they'd be in there working with everybody else. Everybody in service with a smile. Your coffee's not right. Let me fix that for you. Everything comes out nice. Now it's just like, here's your crap. Get the hell out. So what am I paying you people for? Yeah, that's how I felt this, this evening, and I don't—I just felt like I had to say something about it because it's just the one time I said I'm gonna roll the dice. Maybe I'll get a decent cup of coffee. Maybe maybe I'll get what I want. It's the end of the night. I'm tired. Yeah, I've been been busting butt all day long. Yeah, let me let me have a little cup of coffee, a little pick me up, so that way I get back home and finally take a nice long shower and and get into some of my uh, my sleeping clothes, and me and me and my wife could pop an old movie in. And just sit down and relax. Uh, no, that didn't work out at all. I, I got I got a, a disgusting cup of coffee that cost me ten bucks. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing how sorry these people are. With that being said, let me get on to where I was getting on to anyways. <laughs> it, it bothered me so much I felt like I had to say something. So I'm like, I'm just going to say something. We're just going to start off me complaining about sorry Starbucks with a coffee. I should have known better anyways because Starbucks was never my place. You know, Dunkin' Donuts was my place because it was cheap. And and Dunkin' Donuts, last I saw or last I was there, which I think was when we were traveling one time, they weren't so cheap anymore. And they just got even nastier. I wouldn't even waste my time. Even if I was still going there, I'd have to find somewhere else. Anyways, Americans. These days, the preferences for having large families are at a 50-year high, which is pretty awesome, to be honest with you. Uh, You hear, you know, population decline, it's such a dangerous thing because any, any, any great civilization that if you study history, you see once the population starts to go into decline, that's usually when that, that uh, empire crumbles. So it's scary when you start seeing that. In America, I think the last numbers that I read prior to this was um, we were the birth, per child per household was at one point. It's weird how they do that, but it's like at a one point 
seven, if I remember correctly, percent. So it's like we weren't even replacing ourselves. Because two, if you're at an average 2%, well, it takes two to tango, so you, at least you're replacing yourself. Anything above that, you are, you know, the population begins to grow. Anything less than that, population declines. So if you're under two, we're not even replacing ourselves. The only reason that our population right now would be growing, if you're looking at numbers like that, is because of immigration. But America is now, I guess, at a 50-year high of people that say that they would like to have large families. I have a large family myself. I have four children. Me and my wife actually wanted five, but we got cut off by the doctors because my wife uh, had four C-sections but had to get open five times because one of them, she was internally bleeding, and they just said it was too dangerous. And I think the reason that, uh, well, I know the reason that she had to have all the C-sections was because babies were too big, she's too small, and that's probably because of my genetics. Uh, but we actually wanted five. And a lot of people look at me like I'm a three-headed dragon when I said that. But I'm like, hey, man, that's awesome, dude. I got five five kids running around a Christmas tree. I'm a happy camper. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I love kids running around because kids say the most reckless stuff to you. It is simply amazing. My, my kids, because we're a kind of family that, you know, I, I, I embrace the trash talking with my sons. And they're young. And, and even even the young ones, well, sometimes, man, they just catch you with your mouth open. And I just die laughing because I think it's funny. That's how men are. That's where your wife's slapping you and you're laughing. You're like, what? <laughs> he said it, man. It is what it is. What can you do? Anyways, America's preference for having large families of having three or more children has reached its highest percentage since 1971. This was from a Gallup survey. Uh, 45% of Americans think the ideal number of children for a family to have is three or more. Broken down even further, 29% say that they have three children. To have three children is ideal. 12% think that four is best, and 2% would prefer to have five or more. The survey found, while 44% of U.S. adults think having two children is best. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, 3% prefer a single child. Only 2% say the ideal family has no children, which that is a big plus. I mean, I can't begin to tell you as a parent, as a father, what you are missing out on in life when you don't have kids. I can't even begin to tell you. Life is not the same when you don't have kids. I mean, ask, ask the poor, unfortunate uh, men or couple, family, or um, a husband and wife that the wife is not able to get pregnant for whatever reason. How badly they would give anything, anything, just to have one. You know, I know technology's gotten so good that, you know, you get to a point where it's, if you got the money, you can have one. But uh, ask them. They'd give anything to have one, just one. You know, just just one to run, you know, put the train around the Christmas tree and run around with them. Just one to go to the little baseball games with or one to go teach how to swim. One just to snuggle up with on the couch and watch their little favorite movies while dad passes out and mom's sitting there. It's great. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what life's worth living for. I mean, I, I look at my life and if it was just me and my wife, as much as I love my wife, I'm like, what would we be doing sitting here staring at each other? Like, what, what would we be doing with ourselves? I don't know what the hell I'd be doing with myself. I'd be so bored. Yeah, I'm entertained with the kids. It's like uh, <laughs> I create my own entertainment, literally. <laughs> Anyways, Gallup began a per, uh, began to periodically survey Americans about the ideal family size in 1936, uh, when 64% of Americans reported favoring families with three or more children. 
the preference for families of three or more children peaked at 77 percent in 1945 at the end of World War II, just before the baby boom. Um, 61 percent of Americans preferred families of at least three children through 1967. At the highest point during the baby boom, the average number of children per U.S. family household was 3.6%, according to the survey. Now, we are nowhere near those numbers right now, but seeing that the number is beginning to rise of the amount of people that think having, at a minimum, two to replace yourself is good, uh, three is also a... Uh, not a huge percent, but at least they're they're in there. I get it that four or more, most of that people think we're crazy nowadays for people having that. But uh, uh, I'm happy to see that because there is a concern for the country with depopulation. Uh, as I said, that's when all great civilizations crumble is through depopulation. Uh, also, you know, the, all this woke nonsense crap. It's just different names and different times, uh, different periods of, of time. You can call it whatever you want at different stages. When you get to these types of things in great societies, that's when they tend to crumble. But population is a big part of it. So it was nice to see that uh, some people, you know, at least a reasonable amount, have want to have two children. And uh, we got three growing a little bit. Three, three, yeah, yeah. You have three, you're doing well nowadays. I would say most people would be like, you got three kids, wow, you got a big family. And that's a good thing uh, for me, I guess. Maybe, maybe some other people don't think it's such a great thing. But uh, I like big families, so for me, that's a good thing. And then there's this. Putin uh, has obviously your friend, your friend and mine. Uh, he has uh, intervened in our election in the past. Right. It's not something, as you experienced firsthand, it's not something we talk about a lot. Do you fear that that is something that could be happening for 2024? And do you think we should be talking about it more? Well, I think we should be talking about it more because I don't think despite all of the uh, you know, deniers, uh, there's any doubt that he interfered in our election or that he has interfered in many ways in uh, the uh, internal affairs of other countries, funding political parties, funding, you know, political candidates, uh, buying off, uh, you know, government officials in different places. So that is his opus, uh, uh, you know, his, his opus operandi in the sense that he hates democracy he particularly hates the west and he especially hates us and he has determined that he can do two things simultaneously he can try to continue to damage and divide us internally and he's quite good at it mm. and sadly he has a lot of apologists and enablers uh in our own country people who either don't see the danger or dismiss it out of hand or maybe agree with some of the uh, you know positions he's taken uh, on certain things including uh, his barbaric invasion of Ukraine and so dividing us and then trying to seize territory uh, in such a uh, brutal way to try to expand his reach to try to restore the Russian empire if not the former soviet union that is who he is mm -hmm. i said that for years part of the reason he worked so hard against me is because he didn't think that uh, he wanted me uh in the white house so we are where we are and part of the challenge is to continue to uh, explain to the american public that 
you know, the kind of leader Putin is, this authoritarian dictator who literally kills his uh, opposition, kills journalists, poisons people uh, who disagree with him, invades other country, interferes with our election. Um, that is part of the alternative we have to reject in this election. We have to reject authoritarianism. We have to reject a kind of creeping fascism almost of people who like the Democratic uh, Party are really ready to turn over their thinking, their votes uh, to wannabe dictators. And we can't allow that to proceed. So I think it's I think it's fair to say that, uh, you know, you have a tough job because you have to talk about what's happening in the news, but you also have to keep people's eyes on what's right behind the horizon. And I fear that, um, you know, the Russians have proved themselves to be quite adept at interfering, and uh, if he has a chance, he'll do it again. Oh, boy. You think that's a good statement or a bad statement? You think they're trying to set everybody up ahead of time just in case things don't go the way that they want so they have a fall guy? I'm not saying I agree with Putin. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's not where I'm at here. But you think that they're just setting up the narrative so that they have a uh, a way out. Oh, well, you know, we knew there was going to be Russian disinformation. We knew Russia Russia's hacking things. Russia's interfering with the election. That's the only possible way that anybody could win this or lose this. Think they're setting us up? God, it smells like a setup to me. Uh, and when is this lady going to go away finally? Yeah, I mean, when when is her time... Yeah, I mean, she's past her expiration date. I mean, why is she even still lingering around? Nobody likes her. The Democratic Party don't like her. We don't like her. Nobody likes her. So I just don't understand why they're giving her any play. The only thing that ever kind of comes up in my mind is when I think that they're just kind of keeping her lingering around as an insurance policy. Well, you know, we can't do this. We can't do that. Ah, pull her out of the box, man. Just stick her out there. We got to put somebody out there that'll put on a good show. Just, just, just call her up. Hey, come on, get her out of wardrobe. Get her out of room two. You're, hey, Hillary, yeah, you're up. Go do what you got to do. That's the only thing I could think of. I don't really see any other point and purpose to her being here. Her career is over. Her husband's career is over. You've already lost twice. I mean, I, I don't, I do not see unless something catastrophic happens. I do not see how they place Hillary over. Uh, Kamala for the president if in case something happens to run and Joe just all of a sudden you know decides to bow out for whatever reason medical reason or whatever if that happens I don't see them putting her over I mean now you put an old white lady over a black lady oh no no Democratic Party we all know you can't do that because you're 20 percent they will go crazy if you did something like that. Even your news outlets would turn on you because there's no way that they could justify all this social justice crap they've been feeding you for years and then turn around and make it seem like it's okay that you pulled the black lady out and stuck the white lady in there instead. This is not going to happen for you guys. I don't know why they keep her lingering around. She's not insightful. She's not creative. She's getting old. You could hear in there. I don't know how much jewelry the lady's wearing, but Jesus Christ, she's moving her arms around. That's all you're hearing is her jewelry jangling around everywhere. Real gaudy looking. I don't know if she stole that from the White House on the way out either. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's a setup. I think they got her around just like uh, uh, some of the other Democrats. They just go around and they're not really there for any more than purpose than to just create a narrative. Yeah, you know, to... 
smokescreen, uh, divert attention. I, I think that's all they're really there for. I think she's here to help create a narrative. So that way, if something goes wrong during the election, there's some kind of a reason they can justify why it went wrong. They get their base all rowdy. Oh, you know, Russia interfered. That's why we lost. You know, Joe was Joe had it in the bag. You know, look at him. He's young. He's healthy. He's, he's on it, man. There's nobody smarter than that man. He's the best. He had it in the bag. I don't know why Trump won 49 states like Reagan did. I don't know. It must have been Russia. <laughs> you just got to wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I can't say that. Uh, I can't say that I think that she's there for any other reason but something like that. I don't know. That's just my opinion anyways. I have no fact to base any of this up. This is just what goes on in my head. This is what I think of because there's really no point to having this lady around anymore unless you're using her for something like that. Anyways. All right. I hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, um, spread the news. If uh, you'd like to reach out to me, go to one of my social media handles and uh, send me a message i will respond beyond that i hope you have a beautiful uh, tuesday and